Second and victory. Welcome back to another episode of the Second and Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. It has been a long time since I was able to do this, but it's so good to be back and talk about Titans football, even in a loss. It's good to talk about it and invent those frustrations. As always, I get to talk about this with my two boys for life, Mr. Brett Basher, Mr. Chris Carter. What's up, guys? What's going Let's on? Go. What's up? Oh, man. It's weird to see y'all again. It's been a minute, man. We took a we took a long break. Um, let's just let's just clear the air right now. Brad and I recorded. Brad and I recorded last week. Uh, episode didn't get uploaded. We had some technical issues, so we did make bold predictions. Uh, we'll reference those tonight. Go through them. Technically, we'll talk about so we'll talk talk about the week one predictions we made, and then uh, yeah, I mean we just you were just kind of. Sh- you know, just talked about things that had happened and uh, got caught back up, but we'll just roll it. Yeah, we 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 uh, overcome adversity on this podcast. <laughs> That's what we do. Um, well, listen, it's not the outcome that we wanted or expected, but it is what it is, and we're here to talk about it now. Um, but it's back, right? Like Titans football's back. We now get to do this, talk about it. We get to look at practice reports and uh, injury reports are back and they're not as long as they used to be yet. Knock on Fingers crossed. Um, but it, it's just good to kind of have all this back and, and, and they finally play on Sundays. And so fantasy football, I mean, dude, Monday night, Sunday, Sunday night, Thursday, like it is back, dude. And it's so nice to have football back all together. So, um, yeah, the game started off kind of fun, right? I mean, four, oh. sec- four seconds in Amani Hooker just makes a play. A play, man. What a, what a, just like heads up. Do you think, like, it. I don't think get the knee down. Just, this. Chris, hey, is it the fastest turnover in football history? I feel, it, it, it has to be close. It has to be the fastest turnover, like, in a season, right? Like, there's no way a season has started with a turnover. At four seconds into the game. Four seconds. It's wild. Yeah, has there ever been a challenge thrown four seconds into the season? On the first play in general. Yeah. On a kickoff. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah, so he makes that. Hold on, though. I do, I do want to talk about that. It's, we should have known the refs were going to be terrible from that moment on. Um, That was close enough that... Refs should have called it a turnover of the field so that they went and looked at it. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, 100%. I don't see the why that's on Vrabel to to throw a challenge. Yeah. I mean, it should have been reviewed instantly. It should have been called correctly on the field, and it should have been reviewed. I couldn't even see. Uh, Chris, until you said from, from where I was sitting in the stadium, I couldn't even see that it was a turnover. I just saw everybody start cheering. And all of a sudden, I wondered when the ref came out and said he was down. I thought, okay, ball at the ground, something like that, or the ground caused a fumble. Until your text, Chris, that said that's that's definitely a fumble. And then they start showing it on the video board in the stadium. And then it's like, okay, that that's a turnover. Yeah. The only uh, the only thing I was I could tell it was a clear fumble. Austin, you were watching on TV too. You could tell it was a clear fumble. You could tell Hooker got possession. I was concerned about. The name blank. Well, I was concerned about, you know, he was, was the player that fumbled it. Was he, he out of bounds and touching the ball? Cause that would make it a dead ball at that point too. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was, it was clean. Um, and I, again, it should have been called that on the field. It should have went to review, um, the whole, the whole decision-making on this, on this ref crew was, was questionable. All, all day long. I think, too, and Hooker had such a heads-up play on that. Like, I think if I was an NFL defender, whether if I'm on defense or special teams, whatever the case may be, I don't see why more guys don't do the whole arm swipe, right? Like, go in and, like, pound the ball. 
Because you would yeah. think that's going to happen. You're going to get a fumble maybe more times than not on that. Pino Tillman did it all the time. All the time, right? I think he did we, it. We saw, we saw SMB do it at the end of the game. Yeah. Or near the end of the game. He punched the ball out. We just didn't get the recovery. Yeah, I think Pino Tillman did that one time in Nashville. They beat us like 50-3. to three. Like He had like four fumbles that game. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I had field passes that day. Oh, my gosh, man. Crazy. Is that the only time you've had field passes? That and one other time. Mm-hmm. Back in back in like the the it's a cool experience 2013 2014 days it's a cool experience I was there to see the all white Ken Wisenhunt jersey yeah. oh well Ken Wisenhunt um <laughs> but I just thought about that like when I saw that play I was like why don't more guys do that um, yeah. because you saw it happen there so um yeah but after that it kind of just you know went downhill right it just the, the offense like it, it's kind of dissect all this right um first. Nick Folk, right? I guess that's the one highlight of the game, right? The positive, yeah. Nick Folk, yeah. right? You trade a seven-round pick for a kicker. He comes in. He's he's worth the pick so far. Five for five. Uh, made the first kick was fifty yards, I believe. Um, so you got your money's worth so far out of him, which is a, which is a nice. And I think you've kind of maybe fixed the kicker problem for this season, at least. It's kind of one game, but you know you're off to a hot start. Um, what was y'all's take on the offense as a whole right the let's say the play calling like were you were you impressed by it did you see some things you liked some things you hated tim kelly year one what'd you guys think i think the key thing is uh, it felt unpredictable um to me i didn't think it was uh i especially you know putting spears out there uh there were uh brett and i talked about this last week i was hoping to see a lot of Derek and, and Spears on the field at the same time, and we got it. Uh, I think that creates some really interesting matchups. Um, and I know there was some talk about, you know, Spears getting more snaps than Derek, but Spears was also playing slot receiver and, and things like that as well. It wasn't just backfield snaps. So um, I, I thought it was really interesting. I think, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to see everything kind of come together with a, effective quarterback play um but i thought i i thought kelly has uh changed changed the look of the offense in a way that should be exciting this season i yeah do i agree because i they the play calling was there to win the football game if you get what i'm saying because you saw obviously two missed throws that were going to be that were going to be led to touchdowns excuse me a couple nice runs from Derek tajay proving to be a really, really nice back and we're uh, going to be a really nice number two to Derek. The play calling was there to win the football game, minus a few missed couple throws. So I really liked it. And one thing that I noticed was a ton of, and might not be a ton con- considered what the, what the rest of the league does, but in terms of Titans standards, a ton of five wide. A ton of five wide that where you saw a couple rocks go over the middle and a couple go deep, which I like because, like Chris said, it's unpredictable because the defense doesn't know who's going where, especially when you have Tajay in the slot. And honestly, I mean, I like Nick Westbrook a little bit more than than other people do, but he's a reliable 3-4 guy to me. So when you throw him in there with Tajay, and then you saw how much DeAndre's going to get the ball, it does become unpredictable when in this day and age, which you need. So uh, I'm right there with Chris. I, I really like the play calling, and it was good enough to win the football game for sure. And yeah, I'll your point on the five wide. That was the same personnel package that was in I formation. Uh-huh. Uh, All right. So so there, that shows the the creativity aspect right there. He kept the same personnel out there and, and shifted on from from uh, I formation to five wide. I think it, it that's a perfect picture of that added dimension. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I like the unpredictability that we saw. Um, I love the obviously the reverse uh, toss, the the trickery there that shouldn't that went chig incomplete pass there. I do love the wildcat with with Tajay and and Derek. It was it looked yeah. a little funky. It didn't end up the way they wanted it to go, but I still liked it. Right, it's, yeah. the idea was there. Uh, so I love that kind of incorporating that. I love the five wide. I mean, <clears throat> if you go back and a lot of the people that went on Twitter the next day or the day after, a lot of the guys that kind of post all 22 clips, like you saw some of the route concepts early on. It did not look like everybody was in sync. Um, it looked kind of kind of to, to messed up. But as the game progressed, like you saw got more guys get open. Um, Ten Hill got somewhat of a rhythm, right? Just a, not, not much, but he completed more passes in the second half than he did the first. And go back to your point, Brett. Yeah, I'm with you. Like NWI, we we bashed him for so long because at times last year, the year before, he like he was your wide receiver one. Yeah, we know he's not that, 
right? He is a he's a solid wide receiver three, wide receiver four, and that's what mm-hmm. he is, right? So there's a reason why he had four four catches on Sunday, fifty eight yards. Like he's that security blanket. Yep. Danny Hill is comfortable with him. They have a good chemistry. So um I have no issue with NWI getting the ball, right? So he, pretty, no. he can't have more targets than Traylon Burks. I agree. I agree. That, that's, that's an issue. Right. Yeah, that, that was my there. That was my big issue with it. And Austin, to your point about route route concepts, we saw multiple times where uh receivers were schemed open, wide open. Uh we saw Chig, I think, open twice. Uh, and it wasn't just because he busted open. It was the scheme. Uh, trailing open. Um, we saw uh, Taji Spears open. Uh, unfortunately, uh, was missed. Chig was missed on that on that uh, double toss back pass. Those sort of things, are, I think, are going to be huge in Tim Kelly's offense. Um, and I'm really excited to see how he continues to integrate those uh, those route concepts that that do scheme these guys wide open. I think too something to talk about as well is Ty J. Spears having more carries than Derrick Henry or some more snaps than Derrick Henry. Like he, that, that can't happen either, right? Derrick, Derrick's we know is the engine of this offense. Fifteen carries, sixty three yards. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the concern is. Tajay out snapping him because, like I mentioned, he was playing slot snaps and stuff like that. They were on the field together. It's it's Derek getting 15 carries or whatever it was. That's the problem. Derek should never get 15 carries. Yeah, I know, but I also I I, I don't think probably since what his rookie year, like the Demarco, like has he ever been out snapped by another running back? He had five rushes in the second half. That like what five. It's hard to look at Spears as just a running back, though. He's really a gadget. Really gadget player. I, I, He's a gadget I, player that we've wanted for years, Austin. That's what they focus on Haskins was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And Darrington uh, Evans. And uh, <laughs> yeah, really Darrington Evans. I, I, was, I was convinced he would be Deion the Deion Lewis. What a bust they were. Darrington Evans. The last, Miami the last one to do it semi-successfully was Dexter McCluster. Yeah. Um, it was fun to watch. He was, um, but you know, I think I think we're gonna see plenty of games where Tajay outsnaps Derek. I don't think Derek getting fifteen carries is going to be the norm, though. I think Derek's going to be twenty plus carries still, but Spears may still outsnap him because they're on the field together, or Spears is playing slide, or whatever it is. Definitely a better pass catcher, so I can see what you mean there for sure. Yeah. And good, and good blocker. He threw some really? solid blocks in that game. Yeah, you can draw more help with Tajay in there. Yeah. Keep throwing screens to Derek, man. I love when they do that. That's so much fun to watch. That play is money. Do it in a single time. Yeah. It really is. Um, all right, let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? The quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Guys, listen. Obviously, we don't have to harp on it now. It's it's th- it's Thursday and this podcast is coming out. People all know how bad his game was. Um Tannehill doesn't even want to harp on it if you listen to the press conference. Oh, yeah. The press conference today was telling. He was like, guys, listen, I know. Shut the fuck up about it, please. I, I, I get it. Um, but, sir, that was his worst game by far as a Titans quarterback. For sure. Right? People, it was, the, I, I, it was right. like the worst game of his career. Yeah. yeah. I, people were like, hey, I, I mean, I do remember a playoff game that he threw three picks. I was like, listen, this game was, this that, game was, that game was bigger than this one, but this was by far. Like, you didn't. You watch that playoff game compared to this one. This was by far worse. Like he looked uncomfortable. He less than fifty percent completion rate. Yeah, second worst QBR in the entire league for week one. Like I mean, watching watching the Bengals game, man. Like I know everybody talks about the interceptions, which obviously that's that's the big one in the in the Cincinnati game. But he still did enough in that game to keep the Titans in it. Now I know Derek did a lot too, but Tannehill did decent enough in the Cincinnati game to keep the Titans in it. This game. He is the reason the Titans were not in the game. Well, they were in the game, but he's the reason the Titans didn't win the game. Like, this, the yeah. sole reason. There there were more to it in the Cincinnati game. You know, could have made a couple different defensive plays, obviously. That's that's a couple years ago. This game, but literally, though, this game, I, in my eyes, is this, he's the sole reason that the Titans are not 1-0. There's six to seven plays on offense, specifically, that 
that could have changed the game. You get the yeah. Schmieg throw, you got the uh, Tyson throw, and there's just some here and there too. Um, he could he should have gone to Chig on the deep Chris Moore reception. That Traylon was wide open. Traylon, say Traylon, right? So you have all those plays. On top of you have the the fumble uh, that was that was should have been a fumble, incomplete pass by Derek Carr. That's um, thing. right. So there's yeah. so many things that just did not go the Titans' way on Sunday. I can't see that happening week after week, right? The blind you know, the block part, which was was last time that happened. Yeah. It's been a long time, a long time. Um, so I, and they still and they still held the Saints to a field goal, and they still lost by one. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like all these things did not go their way, and they, I, I, the Saints to me, they're a very beatable opponent. Like I yes. know the division they're in, they're going to like I, this is gonna be like an eight nine team all year long, right? They're, they're not great, but they're good yeah. enough to beat you. So, Decent chance they win the division. Their defense is good as well. Um, Derek Carr is Derek Carr. Um, they're going to get Kamara back. Yeah, so like they're they're almost in the same boat as the Titans at this second. Like, yeah, you don't know what they are. You but if you mess up, if you if you keep them in the game too long, they'll beat you. And that's what the Titans did. They kept them in the game for entirely way too long. Um, but they they found out. So you can't you can't win too many games in the league by you know kicking five field goals and, and making them all. Um, and so. This is this is what it came down to. Um, I mean, if you just look at it from this perspective, if the if the Derek Carr fumble, whatever it was, was called correctly, that's a ten point swing. If Tannehill hits Chig on that double toss back, that's a touchdown. And if he hits Spears, that's a touchdown. That's it, that's twenty four points off the board right there. That it easily the Titans, it easily the could have should been, have dominated this game. It easily could have been a twenty seven thirteen. You know. 30 to 14 win for the Titans. Like a two touch, like yeah. a comfortable, by the time you're halfway through the fourth quarter, you kind of know where the game is. It would have been comfortable from there on out. Easily could have been I mean, that way. I think uh, something else to talk about is their third down uh, percentage. Uh, they were bad on third down the other day. It was non existent. Yeah. Bad. Uh, I think two of 12. Like, guys, you got to be better than that on third down. Like the defense is on the field in you know, majority of the game because of that. So that's the feeding worse than that. I went over three, over three in the red zone, and that's it's what's not the, like that's that typically handles the red zone. Yeah, that's unlike mm-hmm. Titans. Absolutely. Um, hey, I will say this though: as, as as in the moment as it seemed, the O line was getting you know crushed. Um, a lot of pressures, a lot of hurries. You got to look back at Tannehill as well. If you go back and watch that film and kind of watch the tape again, he held on the ball entirely way too long. Way too. He didn't in his first read. He didn't have the sense of um, urgency to get the ball out quick, and and um, and he sh- he shifted in the pocket several times, causing the pressure on him. Yep. So all in all, the oh, the line did not play bad, right? Uh, Brunsky had a great game. Um, Skaronski had a great game. I think he was the third highest rated rookie um, for PFF on Sunday. So that's Hubbard had the highest. Hubbard had the highest pass block for a tackle, right? I, th- I believe it was the stat. Yeah. I mean, they, they played well. I mean, pretty much what you can ask. I thought thought Brewer handled center well. Um, Dillard was the weak link, uh, but, you know, hopefully he continues to grow and, and gets a little steadier out there. But, yeah, I, I don't think you can put any of this on an offensive line. I don't either. Because when Derry did run the ball – they ran it effectively. You ran it efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, he was averaging over five yards a carry. So, um, that that's uh, that was good to see. It gets a, a you know a really good defense, say D line especially. Um, so, game one it was an average game for the line. It wasn't terrible. Like they weren't they weren't a sore thumb by any means. So, um, it's not going to get any easier from this point on. Chargers coming up, Browns. Um, so. Yeah, all in all, I thought that was a, a decent showing. You got to talk about the, the defense as well, right? Um, they balled out. And I think we knew that. Defensive line is elite. I thought we, I think we all knew that coming into the, into the game, into the season, what they were going to be, and they actually proved that yeah. on Sunday. Um, played really well. We all talked about it when he was signed through the offseason. Arden Key changes this game, changes his defense. I, and, Arden Key is what we thought Bud Dupree could have been. Yes. Yeah. It, Absolute energy guy, so much energy. He was he was whooping Trevor Penning. 
Yeah. I mean, there was like a time, the moment in that game, like three straight snaps were like, like national analysts were like, hey, y'all need to stop what you're doing. Go watch Arden Key right now. Yeah. He's, he's whooping Trevor Penning. Um, 11 pressures. That was the most by anybody in the league uh, on Sunday or in week one. Um, so he was, he was very effective. Yeah, he was, he was tied in pass rush win, win rate with, uh, with Leonard Floyd from Buffalo, but Arden faced double the amount of double teams. Uh, he was the that. reason for the Derek Carr fumble, too. Yeah. I'm calling it a fumble, so. Because that's what it was. Exactly. 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 <laughs> um, do y'all know who was tied for tackles for the Titans on Sunday? Gibby. No. Was it Gibby? Oh, damn. Close. He had seven. Dude, Elijah Molden. Bro, he's quietly going to fit fill in nicely as safety, I think. Yes. Uh, him and Byard at eight apiece. Which is just surprising. Like he, you didn't hear a lot about Elijah Molden on Sunday. Yeah, he might be the starter this Sunday. Nice to see him be healthy, um, in play. So I was, I was happy to see that. To my point, though, I thought, I thought Gibby played well. Uh, I didn't think inside linebacker was an issue at all in that game. Mm-hmm. Yet, <laughs> I know, I know Gibby's your guy, but I'm still like in that linebacker position. One of those guys goes down, they are screwed. Yeah, I mean, if if one of the, if him or Aziz gets hurt, I think there's major problems. But I think as long as those two are healthy, we should be fine there. Did you did y'all see the video going around of the hit on Derek Carr from Aziz? Did y'all, did y'all see that? I just saw it recently tonight. I don't think so. The the um, hands of the face he got called for. <laughs> they shook up after. If y'all saw that on TV. And Derek basically said, I sold that. And Aziz was like, I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> I heard it was kind of funny. He just he just kind of implied that like he he flopped on that. Um, but I thought Aziz was was great in his first game. Um, I know he's gonna fly around the ball. I'm very excited about him. Oh, defense was nice. Gotta love that he's a captain too, right? First year coming in, yeah. uh, not knowing anybody. It's gonna be a lot of bone. Yeah, it makes his mark as a captain. So man, um all in all, I thought that was a solid outing by the uh by the defense. Real quick, real quick. I I am very close, and I, I said it during the game just out of frustration. But I, I'm real close to just, and I don't want to do it, man. But I'm I'm close to to sailing the ship on Christian Fulton. I really am. I really am because it's it's just. I mean, he came in first two drives were good. All of a sudden, he's out again, and then he comes back in the game, gives up the bomb. Like I mean, it's just it's too. The potential is there. We've seen the potential, but there's too much of the wrong side of the ship that affects the defense and really affects the game because it's what let the Saints eventually win the game. So I, I'm, 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 I like them, but I'm real close to just saying, you know, thanks for the last three, four years, but we'll, we'll get something else in the draft and let you go in free agency. I think so too, right? Like Christian hasn't even come close to like sniffing a pro bowl. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, I don't know if he's even a top, is he a top 25 corner league? He could be. But is he? No, he's not. See, at that point, I, thought, I mean, at this point, Roger McCurry's better than he is. Close to it. I th- and, and to that point, I thought McCurry stepped outside and played well. Yep, I agree. I agree. I, I think, I mean, I, don't, I, wanna, I would love to kind of see Christopher and have a, a breakout year and ball out, but I, I don't see him being back next year. I don't either. I think he's your best option right now, obviously. Um, but you can't pay a guy that has if David not- Long. If, if David Long was let go for that minor stuff, then Christian Fulton probably would be too. A guy that hasn't had much production, right? I am glad he's coming back in. Yes, yes. That that yeah. that's a po- positive. That's unlike him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I'm I'm in agreement. He just can't stay healthy. He hadn't been able to put all that talent together, and it, it probably. Uh, it's really disappointing, uh, just because I think he, I think he could be one of the top corners in this league, um, but it just hadn't come to fruition. Yeah, uh, this week they have the Los Angeles Chargers at home. I'll be there. Y'all going to it? I'm gonna try. Yeah, I'll try. Uh, so uh, excited for that back at Nissan. Uh, on the on the turf and Chris, I know we want to dive yeah. just just a little bit talk about that. Uh, but I'm excited for that game. Bridges report came out white on navy blue. That should look good on TV. Typical um, September outfit. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. This uh, this I don't know if you guys watched the Chargers Dolphins on Sunday. 
the probably the best game of the week, right? right probably, easily, uh, easily. Bills and easily. Jets. You know, they're up there together. Uh, Xavier Gibson. Um, who? I, I don't think the Titans' offense, from what we saw so far, they can't keep up with the Chargers' offense. But I do think the Titans' defense can slow it down. Right? It's a better defense than the than the Dolphins. Um, what are you guys looking forward to on Sunday? Somebody covering Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Honestly, like I mean, I know, and is and and then unlike Chargers fashion, they they ran the ball more than they threw it this past Sunday. When you look at the stats, but like obviously that might change because the the Titans defense, the front seven is so good. But you got to do something about about those fifteen. And we've talked about it for the last three four years. You got to do something about those 15, 20 yards crossing routes because a lot of they ate the defense up. Kind of not necessarily over the top, but I mean, he a lot of the, I don't remember the number of receptions, but he was well over 100 yards. Seven. Seven, yeah. And so when you have Mike Williams, when healthy is phenomenal, Keenan, when healthy is phenomenal, it's a great one two punch. So, in, in, you know, speaking of Christian Bolton and, and the guys outside, somebody is going to have to step up to keep those guys under 100 yards and keep them from going up and getting it because Herbert will easily throw that up in the corner of the end zone and let one of them and go and get it. So it's going to be up to the the defensive backfield to slow down one of those guys, especially if Austin Eckler doesn't play. Yeah, on the opposite side of the ball, I think uh, I think this is a good opportunity for Tannehill to get back on track. Um, I don't think this is a very good defense. Um, even their their good players up front seem to be on a decline, like Khalil Mack. Um, Joey Bosa's hurt. Um, I think this is this is the right opportunity coming into this game after after what we saw last Sunday. Uh, Tannehill, if his head is is clear, he he should be able to get back on track and do well in this game. Yeah, Bosa is nursing a hamstring, and then Eckler is also you know he did not break ankle today, an ankle ankle. Yeah, they uh, they signed Jarrett Patterson to the practice squad. Um, so. But Kelly had a good week last week for them, though. So, I mean, it's not like – I mean, there is a production drop-off, but Kelly is still a solid second running back in that right. offense. And then I think – so, I mean, you just got to – you always got to watch out for the quarterback. Like, right, 10 – I mean, Herbert is, is, is the man, right? And uh, you want to kind of get some revenge back on the Chargers. They beat you the last two times you played them, right? Um, no. Yeah, last time it was in L.A. They they won L.A. and then they had the, I guess we had the one the, the goal line stand here. I'm thinking of L.A. Yeah. London London is well. London. Oh yeah, it's been yeah. Was, yeah. back and goal line stand was in between those two because yeah. Malcolm Gordon fumbled. Yep yep yep. Yeah. Oh. Shocker! It's always a battle though. Seriously, it is with the Chargers year after it is. year every time. Back to the Rivers years uh, even. So um, it's gonna be a good game. We know that the spread is uh, three right now. Um, so you, you know it's gonna come down to it's a pretty close game. Vegas is is, is seeing that so. Um, got to get pressure again, right? I'm excited to kind of see the D line again do what they do, see if they can, you know, produce some more sacks. Um, that was my prediction for the year. Is a tight cover. I think top five in sacks. I think I said lead the league. I said one of the two. Um, so um, I'm excited for that on on that on that side of it. Um, and I obviously the offense they have to get going. Like you got to see a, a a touchdown, right? That's improvement already. We just scored. Is is improvement, but you're back at home. You want to make a you know a statement. Tannehill knows he wants to kind of get that monkey off his back and play well as well. He can do that if you know DeAndre has a big catch or, for, or Burks goes deep. Like the, everybody's going to forgive him, right? You can forget one game, but they can't forgive you if you don't you know do this week after week. So um, that's not the Tannehill that we know has his play decline of the last few seasons. Yes, since Art left. Um, but we still know what he's got, right? He 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 he's still the game manager. Um, he's not your three hundred yard quarterback. He's not sexy by any means, but he gets the job done, right? It's capable. There's wins that prove it. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, it's been a bitch fest all week amongst Titans fans about switching to quarterback. We know that's not the case. Like we know that's not that does not need to happen yet. Oh no, gosh, Ryan still gives you the best chance to win. So I'm not even entertaining that just yet. Um, but. I think I take all that on Sunday. Like this is giving me all 2019 Mariota vibes all over again, mm-hmm. um, where you know you signed the backup quarterback or you signed you traded for Tannehill, and at some point you knew if Mariota didn't play well, Tannehill's back there behind him. So I don't want to say that's just yet happening, but I feel like that would be next season more than more than this year. Really? 
Like I don't I don't see them pulling Tannehill this year. I really don't, man. Unless they, unless they, unless he is unless he is that bad all year long. I just don't see him being that bad all year long. I think if they start two and five, two and six, one and four, that's, like you got to at least think different. about it. Yeah, yeah, it's the thought would definitely be there, but I just don't see him playing that bad every. Now I could be wrong. He could play that. I just don't see him playing that bad every single game. He played that bad. You still lost by one. I'm gonna give him some of a break. I think uh, if he has two or three turnovers in this game and we lose, I won't be shocked if Malik and Will start getting some first reps. In practice? You think Malik starts before Will? That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if they. So uh, I did find this interesting. Uh, I was listening to uh, Blaine and Mickey on the drive uh, to work yesterday, and Blaine was talking about how he was keeping an eye on Levis coming out of the tunnel. Uh, and notice that he still had a little bit of a limp. Uh-huh. Uh, so Levis may not be fully healthy. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if they showed it. I don't know if they showed Levis during the broadcast at all. Yeah, but I know he was one of the inactive guys. But he was coming out of the tunnel for game time and, and pregame, fully dressed. So I mean, it's not like he was in t-shirt and shorts on the sideline. Like yeah, he was the emergency. Oh, man, and, I mean, he was, right, right. Yeah, so, so, um, but yeah, it, and he's gonna practice and. Uh, he could, I guess he could still just have a little bit of a, a hitch or whatever and, and be fine. But, um, I, I, I think there's potential for a quarterback change this season. I think so too. I, I think that Vrabel needs to start being open-minded. I, I didn't think Tannehill just looked bad. I think he looked old. Buck, Buck said the same thing the other day too. Yeah. I mean, he was he was indecisive. Uh, he had no anticipation whatsoever. Uh, he did not try to throw a receiver open that whole game. Everything was short. the The only play that looked like vintage Tannehill was the Nick Westbrook Akine sideline pass mm-hmm. that Alante Taylor almost intercepted. Yeah, he, he forced quite a few balls. Too many De- to DeAndre specifically. Yeah. Um. Here, here's the thing too with the Malik Will thing. Last season we were all about Malik Willis, right? Because we mm-hmm. knew that it was a third round pick. It was it was a steal, right? He was worth that pick. And then he played some games, and you're like, wait a second, I don't know if this kid's got it. Like I don't think he's he's gonna be it. I think now that Rain has drafted his guy, right, and, and Will. You traded two picks for him. Playing Malik Willis is just a waste of time. <laughs> There's no need to play Malik Willis at all. And we and we heard all throughout that process, too, well, after he was drafted, we heard that throughout that process, Vrabel and Levis really hit it off. Mm-hmm. So, I, 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 I agree, Austin. I, I think <laughs> nothing against Malik. Like I, I want the kid to do well. I listen. Not I'm gonna be here. As a as a Titans fan, we should want both of them to be great quarterbacks because it's only going to benefit the Titans. Because then you trade one of them, right? But Levis, I think Levis is the guy they is who they want to be the guy out of the two. Uh, and if they look like they're on the same path right now, there's no reason Malik should be getting even second team snaps ahead of Levis at this point. If Levis is healthy. Yeah, when, if and when he's healthy, like he should be in the second team reps. And like you said, if they ever think about a quarterback chase, he needs to be getting first team reps too. Like at least see what you have in the kid. Because next season, the writing's on the wall. Like this is Ryan Tino's last season as a Titan. Like it, it's over with. It's not nothing's happening. Like, brother, if you wanna if you want to at least even think about a new contract you better play your ass off, right? Like, if you have to get another, like, deep playoff run, which we don't see happening. <clears throat> um, but you also got to have the numbers to go with it, right? Like, you're not getting a new contract off of 3,200 yards, 21 touchdowns, and eight picks. Like, that's not happening, man. Anybody can do that. Kenny Pickett's going to do that this year. So, see what you have in, in Will Levis. And here's the thing. He may not be it either, okay? But at least find out because that's what we did last year yeah. and we saw a little you know a, a taste of that and again I don't think that's anything to be excited about so in the pickle they're in now you have to kind of lay in the bed that now John Robinson has made you with Malik and you kind of just have to just go with it it's like he's just like the 
the freckle in the room, like, okay, Malik, we know you're here. And they're battling it out. I get it, man. Like, I, I, I respect the hell out of Malik Willis. But when you trade two picks and trade up for a quarterback, again, the writing's on the wall. Like, you have to, you have to play him and see what he's got. So that's where I'm at with it. Everybody I'm talking to, you know, people, they should go you know, play Malik. Why? Do you really want to see Malik Willis play? You I think that gives you a better chance to win? I do, but only because I want to see him keep getting better. Uh, but I want to see Levis. Like, I mean, I think Levis is who they anticipate to be the future. That's who we need to be seeing. I almost gave up on the preseason because I was like, oh, well, Levis isn't playing the rest of the preseason. I don't want to watch this shit anymore. Like, I want to watch him. Yeah. Because usually, typically, you watch preseason games, there's one guy, like, your, high, your top draft pick is the guy you want to watch. And Yeah, mine was Tajay Spears. Yeah, that's who I wanted to watch. We get to we had to watch that, but you couldn't watch. Yeah, will. But um, speaking of quarterbacks, um, I know you guys watched the Monday Night Football game. Yeah, and how heartbreaking it was to watch Aaron Rodgers tears Achilles. Did you guys know right away what happened? Oh yeah. Did you? Yeah, I had an idea. I didn't want to believe it, but I had an idea. Yeah. Yep. How to feel? I, I actually, my mom loves Aaron Rodgers for some reason. I, I, I never. She's like always loved him. It's kind of weird. Um, but I, I called her immediately and I was like, are you watching Monday night football? And she said, no, I just walked into the bedroom. What's wrong? What's, what's going on? And I was like, I think Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. And she was like, what? Um, but it, 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 it sucks for Jets fans. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the interesting thing is just going to be watching Zach, see if, See if he's learned anything from an offseason with Rodgers and uh, see if he can, you know, maybe put it together. I mean, this could this could be long-term best-case scenario for the Jets. Yeah. If Zach puts it together. I, I think, too, I mean, it, Aaron's not going to go anywhere. Like, he's still going to be in the building, try, you know, rehabbing whatnot. Like, he'll, he'll be in meetings helping Zach because he knows that's what he has to do now. If he yeah. knows his team to, to succeed, he's got at least – Teach Zach and show Zach things. So yeah, I'm with you. Like I want to, I want to root for Zach. Zach, Zach Wilson for whatever reason, he's not. He's easy to root for, and I don't yes. know why. Right? Because you just want him to succeed. Um, it's kind of like a redemption story. You always want to see a good. Redemption. A little bit, but it's just like you. It's kind of like you're rooting for a kid too. <laughs> it's, I guess that's really it. It, it truly is. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd, I'm, I definitely want to see him he, him do well. I mean, like, dude, like, talking about the Jets, too, Brees Hall. Well, he's coming back. Nice. He's doing what he did. Like, he looked awesome. Um, th- those sort of, like, redemption stories, I think it's really cool. This could this Jets team could be centered around a lot of redemption stories this year. Bro, I so. think – go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think you could tell from Aaron's reaction, like, when he sat down on the field, he knew. Like he knew it was it was done for the year. The way he sat down, the look on his face, he didn't want to tell anybody, bro. And the the thing, did y'all see what he told uh, Garrett, well, bro? When he just looked at him, and said, "Sorry, kid." Like, bro, that's that's like that's low key heartbreaking, because because they both knew what was about to happen. This they year. both Garrett was about to get so many receptions. Yeah, yeah, it was about to happen. I think if, if you're hey uh, Garrett Wilson, offensive player of the year ticket holder, I'm so sorry. Because that, that goes down the drain now. That's yeah. not coming close to happening. I think, too, the NFL has an issue on their hands now. They have yes. five, the Jets have five primetime games. It's like the Broncos last year. Like, you got to find a way to flex that. I think if you go south for the Jets and they have two, three wins by like their third primetime game, do you, do you still play them? You, you flex Zach, Zach Wilson again? You flex him. So. Yeah, it's always an issue. Because it, it, like the third part of the year where you can flex games, right? Yeah, and but like yeah, and it, and it changed this year too, right? I think it's even earlier than, in the year than it used to be. And like like week ten, bro. Do, I think it's week ten or week twelve. Do people really? Are, I mean, at that point of the season, are you going to want to watch Kansas City at the Jets on Sunday Night Football? I mean, unless the Jets are just. I mean, in that case, Jets defense is still good. Like it is. It's, it is those those sort of things could be worth the matchup, but uh, but speaking of that, I mean, Chris, I know you you went on Twitter about it the, the the grass versus turf debate going on right now. 
Um, yeah. And the turf causes more injuries, season-ending injuries than, than grass. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, reading comprehension issues uh, from my tweet, but the, the point I was making is it's not just as simple as a grass versus turf argument. There's so much more that goes into it. Like, the, and the point I made on Twitter, the Titans had the two most injured teams in NFL history the last two years. Um, and the that happened at home on a grass field, you know, um, that the the way that field uh, and the climate of Tennessee changes in November makes it a a bad surface to play on. There's really not much of an alternative that the Titans have other than implementing this new turf that they that they've rolled out. Now, the thing, the difference in what the Titans are doing and what every other turf team in the NFL is doing is the Titans are trying new stuff, right? Like, this is apparently the most revolutionary uh, turf that's ever been invented. They're using natural filler, the, the coconut shreds, as opposed to, like, the rubber pellets and stuff. Like, the Titans are doing things that should make it, potentially, come, especially come November, a better surface to play on than what they were experiencing. That's the point I was making. Like you can't, you can't just look at it as grass versus turf. You have to look at climate situations and, um, you know, we, we see, um, Atlanta, you know, they shared that stadium with, with a soccer team. Uh, Carolina does too. Um, those sort of things destroy, the, like all those teams playing on that service just destroy grass even faster too. So the the argument needs to be looked at in much bigger picture than how the NFL PA is portraying it as I think the statement today was changing to natural grass is the easiest decision in the NFL teams can make. No, it's not. It's <laughs> there's there's too many factors outside of just the surface itself. I, I agree. I would I would love to hear Rogers take on it. Like, does he think it's the turf's fault that he tore his Achilles, or just the way that his leg extended and the way that uh, Leonard Floyd was tackling him? Like, are we gonna blame the turf on that? Like, why does it always have to be about the turf? I know MetLife is notorious for for injuries, knee mm-hmm. injuries, ankle injuries, things like that. But as you watch that, Nick Soul is too. Yeah. And they run. They did the combine on it, you know. Like, yeah, that brings me. That's a that's a that's a valid point. I, I would uh, like to see data comparing the collegiate level because there's a lot of college teams that play on artificial services, and you don't hear this out of college. Like, I mean, right here where where me and Austin went, MTSU, they play on an artificial surface. I've never seen that many injuries in the games I've been to there. I, I don't know. I just think it's a it's a much it's a much grayer picture than the NFLPA wants it to be. As you watch the video of it, I'm watching it on a loop right now. His foot's planted. I, I don't see how how the turf like if how the turf caused this. I don't. His his foot would have been planted in grass just like that. The, oh, way, the way his body moved. Yeah, it's how his body his his his. Leg was planted. I do. I mean, it, it's a it it it's awful. It's terrible. But again, I, I'm not going to blame this on the turf. I don't think this was it was anything to do with the MetLife turf or anything like that. Um, I know it has been a big topic in the last couple of years about that. Even when Derek tore it, you know, had, had his injury, things like that, we blamed Lucas Oil's you know field surface for that. But um, it happens everywhere. Grass, turf, it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, you're right, Chris. I mean, I'm, the Titans are trying to change the game with what they're doing on their turf, um, and they're getting ahead of it, right? They're going ahead and, and starting the process now, and not waiting till the new stadium opens to to, to try this out. Exactly. They're trying to yeah. practice field to it, uh, so they're getting. They're, you know, they are now. And and to my knowledge, so last year was their first year with the practice facility with this turf, and I don't remember any practice like major practice injuries last year. Do y'all? No, Harold's wasn't. On the turf, was it? Her, Harold's was outside. Yeah. And the turf is in the bubble. Right. If I'm not mistaken. No, other than that, I can't think of anything. 
I hate to be naive and not know enough about this. I should, we should. Um, but is this not supposed to help like soft tissue injuries as well? Supposed to. Am I wrong on that? Talking about the Titans new turf? Yeah. Am I making that up? Yes. I, I, no, I think you're right. Yeah, it's supposed. To, I mean, it's that from from everything I've read. This this uh, turf that they've installed at Nissan is supposed to be better than the natural grass they were playing on. Let me tell you something. I watched games there for 24 seasons. That field was shit. It was it was getting real bad. December. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they had to do all they can. Like a playoff game came time, like they had to do all they can to make the field in great shape. But like after a Music City Bowl or a TSU game, even when Nashville SC played there, like they gained that field was awful. Think about the Texans and the Dolphins games the last two, or the not this season, yeah. the, past, but the one before when it rained so much. Think about those games too. It's terrible. I went to the preseason game and the field was beautiful. Like it, it pumped, mm-hmm. it, it shined. Like I, I watched the, the highlights from that Patriots game. It doesn't even look like you're playing at Nissan. Like it, it looks, looks cool. Like, yeah, it looks. It just looks a lot different from TV. Um, I still hate the sideline wall. That is my biggest pet peeve about that stadium. I hate it. I don't think it, it's like not the right blue. I think it's what that's me. what I was about to say. I don't think it's the actual Titans like Pantone oh, blue. It pisses me off so much because like when you like when you actually see it on TV, is it's the raw, it's the wrong color, and I don't understand how they still have it. Oh, I can't stand it. Anyway, um, but I'm excited to see the game on Sunday. I know they didn't have the the logo or anything like that for the preseason game, so I'm kind of see excited what they what they make it look like. Um, probably we. I'm excited to see how loud it gets. Like, are people going to be antsy? Are they going to be upset? Are they going to yeah. be ready? Like, it's going to be interesting. That's a good point. Uh, I, I I do think that if they don't win Sunday, then you'll start seeing less and less people at these games. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because nobody wants to see Tannehill play, if that's <laughs> week in, week out. My first game is the Bengals game, so I want I want some wins 100%. leading up to that because I want it to be a good, raucous crowd. Yep, absolutely. Bro, I'm not going to lie real quick. Uh, Caesar Superdome, the Titans' first offensive play of the game, dude, my heart was pumped. Like, it was, dude, it was so – like, I was nervous, but it was so loud, dude. Like, I had to call – I was like – I had to call myself – I was like, dude, relax. It's not the fourth quarter. Like, relax. It's the first <laughs> play of the entire season. Like, it's a different loud in there. You could tell on TV. And I, mean, I think that's something else that we didn't even mention, the penalties early on. They settled down the second half. But, like, they had they yeah. had quite a few penalties in the first first half. And they end up with six overall. Um, so that's something else they got to work on um, and, and not have as many next on Sunday. But, yeah, no, we could hear it on TV for sure. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. quite a bit on the broadcast. Which Also, you weren't able to hear it. But, Chris, what were your thoughts on Ross Tucker and Jason McCourty? I thought J-Matt was fantastic. I thought Ross Tucker was, too. And I usually hate Ross Tucker. Uh, they, were like they're like tight, they were like tight tomers on Sunday almost. Well, J Mac, of course. Uh, I thought Ross Tucker did well too, uh, except for his comment about um, Taysom Hill. Or was that him? That was no. Tucker that said that, right? No. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Um, if you haven't heard, Brett called or sorry, Ross Tucker called Taysom Hill one of the best players in NFL history. Or okay. okay, I like Taysom Hill, but that's a stretch. Is he mainly, but just because of his versatility? Um, I mean, it's cool. I've always, I've always thought it was cool what Taysom can do. But come on now, yeah. Um, but no, I, th- I thought the broadcast team did well. I mean, I thought it was, I thought, I just thought J Mac for that that being his first one ever too was was really awesome. Yeah, and it's so cool that he got got it against like Ferrari. Play by play guy was shaky. <clears throat> and who was it? That he was new. There was a whole new crew. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He was a younger guy, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought Ross Tucker was pretty good. I'd like to see him kind of call some more Titans games this year. Um, all right, Sunday, we got our bowl predictions. Yeah, you want right. to let, – let's, let's get through uh, the season bowl predictions real quick, okay? All right, I'll start with mine. Traylon and DeAndre both have 1,000 yards. Not off to a good start. Uh, Derek has 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns. And KB has six-plus interceptions. Okay. Uh, Brett has Spears with a 1,000 total yards and five-plus touchdowns. Simmons has 11.5-plus sacks. And Stoney leads the league in net, too. 
Austin has Traylon Burks has a thousand yards. Tannehill passes for four thousand yards. <laughs> <laughs> and Titans lead the league in sacks. So Woo! that was like damn rocking in and boys. Can I change that? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, sent, I remember I sent You're six. On the I remember I sent six. You're like, hey, do three. And I was like, all right, which, which three do I take away? And I should have done that. One. Yeah, and I think you had like a really good one too that I was surprised you didn't keep. Buff did I, I put my trust in Ryan Tannehill. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that hurts me That now that I know that. Okay. Um, all right, bold predictions for Sunday. I will start, and I think it kind of goes back to our, our, our beginning of the podcast talking about Derrick Henry. You got to get him going, right? Get him on the right yeah. Um I would love to kind of see first quarter, get him a touchdown um, in, in 40 yards or so. So I'm saying on Sunday, Derrick Henry has 150 yards rushing. Ooh. Is it, uh, is it bold to say that the Titans just win the game? That's too bold this early. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, though. Um, Give me, um, golly, man. Uh, give me the Titans score at least three touchdowns. Okay. At least three touchdowns for the offense. All right. I like that. Uh, I'm going Titans score 30 points. Oh, I like it. Okay. I like it. All right. That's Have we ever, this now, I know it's never happened. We've never had three ball predictions in the same. No, like all it, we've, I, had, we've had two a couple times, um, but no, I don't think we've ever had three. Yeah, we could go for the trifecta on Sunday. That'd be dope. That'd be sick. All right, Titans, Chargers, noon on Sunday from Nissan Stadium. Again, the spread is at three points. Titans are underdogs by three. A home underdog to start the season. I like Mike Rabel's chances there. Um, I tweeted a few, uh, a few weeks back, I remember from – for whatever reason, um, I have to go back and look at the tweet. But the Titans were underdogs. So I think they're underdogs in like 12 of their 17 games or something like that. 13 or, or 17 or something like that. So I, I tweeted, I was like, I think they'll be pretty good against the spread this year. Want to know so far? Yep. yep. So I don't know. Variable teams are pretty, pretty good against the spread normally. So, But... All right, for Brett Basher, for Chris Carter, I'm Austin Allison. We appreciate you listening again, as always. We're happy to be back. Thank you for listening, as always, for the support. As always, tighten up. Tighten, tighten up. up.